This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Donnie Fandango of 105.7 The Point. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, who is, uh, I don't know, Mexico or Jamaica or somewhere better than St. Louis. Cancooning it up. Uh, Cancooning it up. We've got Alex Ferrario from 101 ESPN filling in. Also does the Blues uh, pre and post game. And Alex, one of the things that I really wanted to make sure about in our chat today. Yeah. Because I know that we have some things to talk about that are not particularly pleasant. Okay. <laughs> Why, Donnie? This team's been doing great, man. <laughs> but but I think the, but something that all Blues fans need to keep in mind, mm-hmm. me included, all right, the cupboard is not bare. There is not a reason to panic, all right? There is a good core here. Mm-hmm. But there's obviously missing pieces and it's just finding those missing pieces which i know is not easy but i just want to say that you know man we're not anaheim or yeah you know what i mean something like that there there there, there, there can be a glass half full thing here yeah, to a certain extent it, it's missing pieces and internal issues and those things can be fixed you're i i get so frustrated when i see people say well it's time to rebuild i don't think you know what a rebuild is Look at Anaheim. Look at Arizona. That's what. Look at Chicago. That's what a rebuild looks like. And if you're ready for five to eight years of just pain and turmoil, then then let's do it. Nobody wants to do that in St. Louis. You don't have to do that in St. Louis because the way you look at it is you've got all of these competitive pieces in place. Let's start at the top. You got an owner who's willing to spend the cap every single year, Tom Stillman and his team. You got a president of hockey operations who has found ways to to make steals of trades, Pavel Buchnevich, Braden Shen, Ryan O'Reilly, although that one's pretty evened out right now. You got a head coach who has gotten the best out of bad rosters in the past, like the team in 2018-19, and you've got elite talent in Cairo and Thomas and Buchnevich on top of complimentary pieces of Shen and Saad. And you got a goaltender who can steal games. You've got a good team. This to me is a bad season. How do you fix this bad season? Look no further than the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota had a couple of bad seasons, and then all of a sudden, it's boom, we're starting to be a little bit more competitive. Kaprizov was the guy that helped turn that around. My whole thing with this year, Donnie, has been don't be the Nashville Predators. Because Nashville's a team that doesn't know who they are. And they just continue to go out there and say, we're going to win the Stanley Cup and maybe make the playoffs. Don't be that team. I think Doug's playing it right this season of saying, we're not good this season. Let's sell off some pieces. Let's get some assets. And let's reassess who we are. All right. So when are the dominoes going to start to fall? We're, what, three weeks away from the deadline about? It's March the 3rd? Yeah, March 3rd. And I think they got 10 games once they start up on Saturday. So... How do you see this all going down? When do you start to to maybe see where Tarasenko goes, where Barbie goes, if O'Reilly is something that happens? When do you start to see the action happening, Alex? Well, the action in terms of trades, that to me, Doug's a, Doug's a guy that's going to play this all the way up to the trade deadline mm-hmm. because the way this goes, and Elliot Friedman reported on this earlier today, Teams look at the players that are available, the Tarasenko's, the O'Reilly's, the Timo Myers from San Jose, the Jacob Chikrin's, the Patrick Kane's, all the big names. They look at those players and they say, we're not paying the price that that team wants. And the team's saying, well, we're not trading them unless you give me what we want. Guess what? We're playing a game of chicken until somebody's going to butt heads. Mm -hmm. You do that on March 3rd at the trade deadline when you get desperate. Bo Horvat was traded because Vancouver knew they had to move him soon because the price was just going to continue to go up and 
And if they could get what they got from the New York Islanders, get that right now because at the trade deadline, who knows if a team's going to make that trade. Mm -hmm. So I think O'Reilly and... O'Reilly and Tarasenko, to me, are going to be March 3rd trades. Mm -hmm. Unless something unforeseen happens, teams are going to want to see how O'Reilly performs. And Jeremy Rutherford reported yesterday that he's already skating, so that's a good sign. Teams want to see Vladimir Tarasenko uh, perform better than what he was at the end of the the, uh, the break going into the All-Star break and had a good All-Star performance. Teams want to see those guys perform. So those guys, to me, are a March 3rd trade. The one that's intriguing is Ivan Barbashev. Does a team jump on that before other teams jump into the mix with that? To me, there are a couple of teams that make sense for Ivan Barbashev, Boston Bruins being one of them, mm-hmm. especially with Jim Montgomery. But that will take place, but then you'll also wait to find out, do injuries pop up between now and March 3rd? Carolina mm-hmm. lost uh, Max Pacioretty. Vegas lost Mark Stone for a little bit. Once the injuries start happening, then teams become more desperate. Absolutely so. So what do you think? Okay, so... Let's say we trade Tarasenko, O'Reilly, Barbashev. Yeah. What are you thinking the returns for each one of those guys look like? Is the return for O'Reilly and Tarasenko somewhat similar? Yeah, because I think it's a first-round pick or a prospect. I don't think you're going to get both for both of them, Mm -hmm. especially with O'Reilly. If O'Reilly didn't have this injury, and I might be completely off on this, if he comes back and plays well, and I don't believe he's going to be ready for Saturday's game, but I've seen crazier things happen. If he come back and perform well, teams might get excited about it, but you're a pending UFA, probably not going to re-sign with the team that makes the trade for you. So you're a pure rental. Now, we saw Claude Giroux as the rental last season get a first-round pick and a really good prospect in Owen Tippett. I don't think that's going to be the price because this draft is so uh, so deep that teams really are going to invest in their, their draft picks. I believe both are going to be a first-round pick or a prospect. The question is, can you get a first-round pick for Vladdy with his no trade clause because he decides where he wants to go Mm -hmm. and teams if they get a sniff of well vladdy wants to be here you could pretty much trade him to us for what we're going to give you or we won't take him right and you're going to be stuck with him so that's the one that's intriguing to me but i think both are valued at first round picks because if patrick kane doesn't get traded which that at least the reports are he's not going to make that announcement until like 10 days before the trade deadline maybe it's before who knows but Vladdy's the second best scorer to Timo Meyer, and who knows with Timo Meyer because he's a restricted free agent. Our team's going to trade for him to San Jose, kind of hold teams uh, ransom for a trade. So Vladdy's the best scoring ability there, next to Patrick Kane. And then you got Ryan O'Reilly, who is the best center available now that Bo Horvat was traded. So I think both garner you a first round pick or a prospect, depending on where Doug wants to go. Barbashev's the one for me. If I'm a team that feels like I can compete and win a Stanley Cup. I'll give up a second-round pick for Ivan Barbashev because that's a dude who could play in my top nine, top six if I need him to, penalty kill, power play, late in games, and you saw how uh, useful he was in that Stanley Cup run. So if you're Doug, you might be coming out looking really good after March 3rd with a couple of first-round picks. So then so then, are those picks... Uh, are, are those picks used in the next draft? Are those picks packaged up to move up higher in the draft? What, what do you what do you think? Because it seems like, and I don't mean to interrupt no, you, please. but but the Blues uh, prospect cupboard isn't exactly bare. Yeah, but it's bare. <laughs> it, it, there's not much there. So the the guys that people are excited about, Jimmy Snuggerud, who is uh, playing college hockey right now, had a great World Juniors tournament. He's still probably three years away. 
Uh, you got Zachary Bolduc, who was tearing it up in the QMJHL right now. Problem is, Doug and Craig Bruby both said this last training camp, he just wasn't ready for the NHL level. He can't play in the AHL next season, so it's either juniors or NHL. It's probably junior hockey again, mm-hmm. unless he tears it up in training camp. So those are the two main guys. You have some other ones. Alexandrov is there. Joel Hofer is there. Tyler Tucker is there. But these aren't like, oh, yeah, that's how we turned into a Stanley Cup team. Right. But these guys, these are complementary pieces. So... The cupboard's not bare, Donnie, but it's it's dry, mm-hmm. and you got to start replenishing it. The thing about it is your first-round pick is going to be top 10, especially if you make these trades. You're already eighth worst in the NHL right now. You'll have a top 10 pick. And then with the draft lottery, my conspiracy theory is they already know who it's going to be. It's not the cards that get flipped over that decide it. Gary <laughs> Bettman knows, knows who's going to be picking first. Just my conspiracy theory there. I'll go down a rabbit hole with you another time on that one. <laughs> it's whoever's got the best relationship with Gary Bettman. You get the first-round draft pick, just like that year that Chicago moved all the way up to third, and they were like 12th. Like, what is this trash? Anyway, that's, that's a random for another day um that that one is going to be a pick that you're restocking your system with Mm -hmm. the other picks are going to be 25 or later depending on how those teams fare in the playoffs so let's just hypothetically say o'reilly gets traded to colorado and vladdy gets traded to carolina just throwing these teams out there Mm -hmm. that's probably a 25th then a 29th overall pick in the draft which is good for how much they say that this draft is deep But what do you want to do if you're Doug? And this is the part why I find this offseason so intriguing. Do you want to just rebuild? And I said I hate the rebuild because you're not doing a rebuild. But do you want to retool the system and try and make hockey trades in the offseason? Or do you want to move players out that you feel like don't make sense for your team right now? That's where you attach the draft picks. But remember, people say, well, Doug's done this in the past. He's attached draft picks to players and traded them away. No, he hasn't. He's attached draft picks to players to make them more desirable to acquire a player in return. He attached first-round picks to Yori Laterra. There were two of them to get Braden Shem. Mm-hmm. He attached first-round picks with uh, Patrick Berglund and Sabotka and Tage Thompson, but it was to get Ryan O'Reilly. He doesn't just throw draft picks just to get rid of players. You're going to give me somebody I want in return, otherwise we're going to keep them. So just mind you that with those draft picks in this offseason. How... I think one of the things that we all go back to, uh, a couple of things. One, that there is something missing in this locker room yeah. in leadership and something. Mm-hmm. It, it, to me, you can tell on the ice. If nothing else, you can just tell. Absolutely. But also, too, and one of the most, you know, something that we talked about a lot last year as well, it seemed to kind of calm down when Nick Letty got here. But, boy, this defense, man, is, is not where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Alex, how... How do you go about fixing this when you have Letty with with, with term and no trade? You have Krug with term and no trade. Mm-hmm. You've got big double nickel Colton Pareko, who I don't know if he has a no trade, but with the back issues and the season in which that he's had, and I know Jeremy Rutherford said this in his article, I don't know who's going to be jumping to take. Cha- so how do you see this shaking out? This is going to be tough. I don't know if you can trade players off of your defense and get something back in return that makes you a better team. Mm-hmm. That's the part that I just don't know. If if all health was on their side, and look, nobody's healthy at this point of the season. Let's all remember that. Krug, Falk, Pareko, and Letty is a really good top four. Name recognition, the talent that they all uh, have, that's really good. The problem is they have not performed that way for the Blues 
if you if you pick him apart, nobody's trading for Nick Letty because it's been a bad season, but he's also 32 years old and he's got three years left. Yep. And Nick Letty is a great number three or a four second-pairing defenseman. He's just not a top defenseman. Justin Falk is having a bad season, and I think we all can agree with that. He would probably even tell you that. This guy was a Norris Trophy consideration last year. This is a bad season for him. He's still, in my opinion, a number two and number three defenseman. Tory Krug, you get what you get. He is an offensive defenseman, probably one of the best power play quarterbacks that that's out there right now in the NHL. He's just not going to be as sound defensively. He's not going to be heavy on his stick. Do you want to play six and pay six and a half million dollars for that for the next five years? Do other teams want to trade for that? Colton Pareko is having a bad season, no question. But to me, he still is a somewhere in the two to four range. The reason I'm laying this out, Donnie, is you got a bunch of dudes who are twos, threes, and fours. You don't have a number one. Right. And that's the problem right now. And here's the thing. You don't trade for a number one defenseman. You don't sign a number one defenseman in free agency other than Alex Petrangelo. Sorry to bring that up, everybody. Yeah, that hurts. That hurts. But, I mean, the, the top guys that are out there this offseason are, are Matt Dumba and John Klingberg. Did any of those sound desirable to no. you? And you're not trading for somebody because you're not going to trade a Pareko, a Krug, or a Falk to get a number one defenseman. Teams aren't going to do that. So what you have right now is an identity crisis because you've got a bunch of guys who, who aren't playing the the way that they need to in their own zone. They're more of an offensive-minded defenseman group, and that's a problem because you're allowing a ton of goals. So there might need to be a shift in mindset or scheme, or if Doug can get creative and find somebody who wants one of these guys – Maybe you can change that scenery because you've got some other guys in your system you could give a chance to, but Perunovic hasn't been able to stay healthy. Scandella hasn't been able to stay healthy. Tyler Tucker's good, but Tyler Tucker's a third-pairing defenseman. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, there's not a ton of guys that are top four guys. So unfortunately for the Blues, you might be stuck where you're at right now. We've got more of the Last Minute Blues podcast in just a couple of minutes, but want to thank one of our sponsors and congratulate Dr. James Maxwell and Crestwood Dental Group on 20 years. This month, they are celebrating their 20th anniversary, and in doing that, they are going to be hooking you up as well. So for their 20th anniversary, Crestwood Dental Group, uh, you can get 20% off their in-office membership plan for the course of the year. You get two cleanings during the course of the year and some other benefits there, and also discounts on uh, on various treatments and also 20% off their laser whitening and uh, the aligners, the Invisalign type liners. Uh, they've got 20% off those as well. All of that this month at Crestwood Dental Group. Find out more by going to CrestwoodDental.com. You can give them a call as well. But listen, my family, uh, we're all patients of Dr. Maxwell and Crestwood Dental Group. So is my dad. So is my brother. I mean, it's absolutely something that I wholeheartedly endorse. Dr. Maxwell, Crestwood Dental Group, CrestwoodDental.com, or give him a call at 314-820-0909. You know, I was watching, uh, so the other night, uh, I don't know, I guess it was Monday night, was that the night that um, that Duba just absolutely blew up oh, yeah. Nazem Kadri? Calgary-New York Rangers game? Oh, okay. oh, yeah. So let me ask you this, man, and I saw that happen live, and I'm not trying to be mean when I, when I, or ignorant when I say this. But I'm thinking to myself, if one of our Blues players got lit up like that, if it was Schenner, if it was Thomas, Cairo, whatever, who's our answer guy? I, and you got, outside a, you of, got a cricket sound effect to play? Dude, outside of Braden <laughs> Shen, I'm, I'm watching that and I'm going, I don't know how my team would have reacted to that, and I hate that. Yep. 
I, and to me, like, I, I understand that the NHL in 2023 is not the NHL in 1994. Right. Okay, I understand that it's a different game and we don't need Tony Twist. But, man, this team needs some grit as bad as anything else, I feel like. And I feel like they need somebody that can crawl up somebody else's ass when it needs to happen, too. I don't know if that could possibly be the same person, the same... It is just very frustrating to me to think that Jordan Bennington has to do the talking. Yeah. That that Sh- that Braden Shin has to be the one to drop the gloves. And I understand that that's part of Shinner's game. Great, it's never going to go away. I love you for it, but I don't. We've talked about this before. He should not have to be the answer guy all the time. Well, Braden Shen's probably thinking the same thing, too. He's 30, what, two years old? He's thinking, man, I can't do this the rest of my career, although he will. But you don't see it as often because that's, I mean, Braden Shen, you you have to have guys who are willing to do that. And let's not. Let's not overlook it. People will say, well, the NHL's not the 90s anymore. It's not. People aren't aren't out there for blood, and you don't have Tony Twists or Proberts floating around looking for that. But you do have guys who are willing to respond when things like that happen. And honestly, that's been one thing that stuck out to me a lot this season for the Blues. I mean, how many times have we seen Jordan Bennington get slashed a couple of extra times after a whistle, and nobody does anything? Bennington's the one that's got to do it. And then when he does it, everyone's like, oh, he's up to his shtick again. Like, I hate that. Tyler Tucker is that guy. But Tyler Tucker is the third-pairing defenseman. Tyler Tucker is not going to be playing 19, 20 minutes a night. If he's only playing 15, 16 minutes a night, that's not enough time for you to be out there and step up for your guys when those things happen. You don't see it last uh, in the playoffs. Like, Ryan Reeves' biggest thing has been he's great in the regular season, but when the playoffs come around, he doesn't play. And look at look at where he's gone. He's moved around. He's been Pittsburgh. He's been New York. Now he's with Minnesota. Like, sometimes those guys... They disappeared. Nicholas Delorier was the one for the Minnesota Wild last season. But I think you need it in terms of team camaraderie on your team. Maybe not somebody who's willing to drop the gloves every time, but somebody who's willing to strike a little fear into the other side. And for a while there, that was Pat Maroon. Joel Edmondson had that to him. Heck, let's not forget how tough Vince Dunn was every time he would get into a fight. Like, that was another tough player that was able to fight for St. Louis. You don't have those guys right now, but I also think you don't have those guys right now. It's because it's a depleted group. It's mm. a defeated group. It's a group that looks at it and says, why? Mm-hmm. Because we're this bad. We can't figure out defense. We can't figure out offense. Who are we to get in other people's faces right now? Maybe you need a guy who's like that. But right now, I just don't think players are willing to do that because of the circumstance the Blues that are in. I think Nolachari's that guy. Nolachari's yeah. not afraid to do that. Um, Robert Portuzo's that guy. Not afraid to do that. But you don't have enough of those guys that are out there as much as the big-time players are like a Jacob Truba or like a Nazem Kadri or Christopher Tanev who were fighting in the Rangers-Flames uh, uh, game. Right on. So uh, I wanted to ask you, I, I always fall in love with uh, players uh, that uh, seemingly I feel as though they have this huge, uh, oh, this guy could be blah, 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 blah. So before I completely fall in love with Alex Torpchenko, uh, oh, I, I want you to tell me, <laughs> you know, what do you see from this young man? Is he a third, fourth-line guy, or does he have the talent and the ability to kind of push that up a little bit? He's got the speed to push that up. It's tough to evaluate this season because of that surgery that he had in the offseason, the shoulder surgery, and he came back so fast. We remember he had to go down to the AHL to get himself kind of back together. They, They knew it wasn't right. He's tough for, to, for me to evaluate this season because you've seen signs of it. Like There's been moments of him on the fourth line where you're like, damn, he is not a fourth-line player. 
But then there are other moments where you look at it and you're like, he's still making those those young mistakes, which is the other side of it. I don't know if he's ever going to be a top six forward. I don't think he will ever be a top six forward. At best, Torpchenko is a third line player because he looks like a guy with the speed and the size that he has. And as long as you continue to grow in maturity and strength in the NHL, your power forward who's got a really good shot and some good speed, your 15 goal scorer especially on a team as well as the Blues divvy up their goal scoring when they're good. Right. So I think that's at best case scenario for him. He's going to be getting those opportunities when these trades happen because who else do you have to play in that spot? Right. But I don't know if you'll see his ceiling go any higher than a third line forward, which is fine because you need those role players. And Craig Berube needs guys who play with an identity on the fourth line. So if anything, this season he's going to get more of an opportunity to showcase his scoring ability. But next season, if you're going to be competitive again, he needs to be a fourth line winger every single night for you because you need an identity on that fourth line that you just have not had this season yeah all right so here we are second week of february we're three weeks before the trade deadline alex i'm making you pick your stanley cup finals right now oh, damn, we're think? going into it yeah good who do you who okay. who are you looking at as the best teams in the west and in the east right so now? best team in the east right now i will say you're shaking your head you, I, i'm gonna boston. think you're gonna say boston right? boston the only team that can upset boston in my opinion is new jersey now Barring any trades, because Carolina could make a trade for Timo Meyer or Vladimir Tarasenko, and they'll be a dangerous team. I think Toronto's always a dangerous team, especially if they can find a way to get, get Jacob Chikrin, which they've been tied to. But the best team is Boston, and there's no question on that. But New Jersey's a sneaky good team, especially if they could get Timo Meyer. But I'll say Boston's going to win it in the East, and I know people in St. Louis hate that. It's understandable. But it's Jim Montgomery. We can root for him, right? Absolutely. In the West, I think it's so interesting because, to me, there is not a clear-cut favorite. Yeah. To me, everybody is good but not great. Winnipeg's great. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is the same way for me. I, for some reason, don't buy into Dallas, and I might buy the only one like that. Vegas has got a lot of injuries to deal with. Um, but if I have to pick one team, and this is going to sting also, it's Colorado again. Yeah. Because Colorado is not healthy. Colorado has been without a ton of dudes this season. They're going to get uh, Landeskog back, who we all know is a difference maker. Uh, they're going to continue to get healthier with Nachushkin and with uh, with Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon and all of these guys. But they're going to make a trade. Don't overlook what Colorado can do in terms of acquiring a second-line center that was Nazem Kadri last year. Maybe it's O'Reilly. Maybe it's Jonathan Taves. They're going to acquire somebody. So I think Colorado will be that team that come playoff time. They seem like that team that's just holding their energy like Tampa does. You always look at Tampa after the year that they were the best team in the NHL and they got bounced by Carolina. You always looked at them in the regular season like, they're great, but... They're just not doing it in the regular season because they're saving it for the postseason, yeah. and that's what I feel like Colorado's doing right now. I, I had, a, dude, I had kind of held out the hope for the first kind of couple months of us kind of scuttering a little bit that yeah. maybe we were kind of. You know, the sod and the boys were just kind of waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, that's not the case. We remember how that goes before, right? The bubble season where it was like, oh, they could, they could flip that switch, no problem. And then you get to Vancouver, it's like, oh, 
Oh, yeah, no, they can't. Maybe you need to flip that switch back in October. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're that team. All right, so trade deadline coming up in a couple of weeks. We've got uh, Blues and Coyotes on Saturday night uh, as the Blues resume. Hopefully, though, this week without the Blues playing, will Colorado will pick up a couple of those games at hand, and that sort of thing will start to kind of catch up, and the schedule will kind of even yeah. out a little bit, right? Yeah, so Colorado played last night. Like, it's weird because the next team that's ahead of the Blues in the standings, which I've been looking at the league standings just because of where the Blues are at and kind of those draft pick compensations, the, the, the Detroit Red Wings have three games in hand on St. Lewis. So there's going to be a lot like there's going to be a lot of ground to be made up, but the Blues have a tough, like busy schedule post trade deadline. There's a couple of weeks where they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So they got a lot of games in the months of March and at the end of April before you get into postseason time. So the Blues probably won't catch up ground until probably the middle of March, which is weird to say. Yeah. But you're going to see a lot of those teams kind of widen that gap with St. Louis, which I think makes the trade deadline a little bit more um, expectable what's going to take place for St. Louis. I know people are going to think I'm crazy, and people are going to say, oh, well, you have to say that because you're on a podcast with the Blues, blah, blah, blah. But, but this is just, this is me. There are very few sports executives that I trust and believe in to pull off a deal to make my team better than Doug Armstrong. I mean, I think that his track record obviously speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. So as Blues fans, while we cannot be happy, I think that we can kind of be excited about the next chapter, about what's coming later this season and next season, at least for me anyway. I get really excited to think about what this could turn into, even though it is a bit of a bummer in thinking about losing Ryan O'Reilly, who's mm -hmm. been one of my very favorite Blues, Vladimir Tarasenko, who, who my relationship and fandom with has been up and down and up and down and up and down, <laughs> but he's brought a lot here. Yeah. I love Barbie, you oh, know, yeah. but, but – you know, man, I mean, it's obvious there is just something in this equation that is not working. Can I ask you this question, Donnie? Because yeah. you're a huge Blues fan like I am. How is Vladimir Tarasenko going to be remembered in St. Louis if he's traded? Brother, I almost asked you that question earlier in the podcast when we were talking yeah. about him. I don't know. And I think, unfortunately, it's going to be salty at first. Yeah. And then I think time will soften it. Mm -hmm. Because... The, I think there are more highs than lows, but th there's definitely some stuff, man. I mean... Now, let me ask you another question. If he doesn't ask for the trade, if that doesn't get leaked a couple of years ago, and this has just been Vladdy's played and Vladdy's been as great as he's been, and then it trailed off and then they traded him at the deadline because things... Have, would it have changed? Yeah, it makes a difference for and, sure. And that's and that's what I was thinking of, too. But, but then also, too, though, Alex, I try to think about this, okay? If I had massive shoulder surgery mm -hmm. and my people, who I trust a lot, told me that it was botched and not done well, I'd be pretty pissed off too. Absolutely. And on top of that, from the reporting that JR did, the team's saying we need Vladdy back and we need Vladdy to play up to the standards we expect him to. And he knew he wasn't and right. And he knew that shoulder wasn't right. That was that bubble season where it just all kind of went, went haywire for St. Louis. And see, that's when I start to feel like I need – to just appreciate 91 yeah. and everything. I mean, dude, I've been able to see him do some things that I never had seen a Blues player do before. Right. He, we don't win without him, and it, we don't win the Cup without him. So, like, it's just a little awkward right now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in, when, the, when the parting of companies happens here in the next couple of weeks, 
the Blues' standings will obviously make fans even saltier than they might have been beforehand. Right. So I think that it's going to be kind of weird. I think at the end of it all, when Vladdy decides to call it a career, people are going to look back at it and say, we got to witness a pure goal scorer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he finishes because of all the injuries that have taken place, but if I'm not mistaken, he's top 10 in goals scored for the St. Louis Blues in franchise history, which is a pretty cool thing to say that you were able to see that. I think he's sixth, if I'm not mistaken. But... That's the thought that I was thinking of it too. Was it's going to be salty at first, and I'm not. It's going to be tough for people to look at it and say, "Well, good riddance," because Vladdy didn't play up to the level we needed him to the last couple of seasons, and he's been injured, and he's too much money for. But you also look at it and say, "Look at how many 35, 40 goal seasons you saw from Vladimir Tarasenko in St. Louis." that's a tough thing to accomplish. I mean, look at Jordan Cairo. Jordan Cairo is a pure goal scorer. We all expect him to hit 50 goals at some point in his career, but we expected that from Vladdy and it never happened. It got close, but it never happened with 50. Does it happen with Cairo? I mean, it's a tough thing to do. And Vladimir Tarasenko has been one of those elite guys for a long time, which is going to be a cool thing to say that you got to see. But on the flip side of it, I think it gets even saltier if people see him go somewhere and become a stud in the playoffs for another team. Which I think he will. I think he will, too. I, I mean, it, it depends on the team and the coach that he goes to. But I think who, if he goes to the right spot, I think you'll see a Vladimir Tarasenko that dominated that San Jose Shark series in 2019. Which is just going to make people so much happier, Donnie. Can't wait for those postgame shows. And let me tell you, man, there is not. I thought that Cardinal fans, St. Louis baseball Cardinal fans, were nuts. I thought they were nuts. (laughs) Blues fans are like their own level of like insane. And like, it's so amazing how like half of the fan base or a quarter of the fan base right now is like you said, like, tear it down, build it back. Like, you're nuts. What are you, what are you saying? Well, like, you've got two guys who are potential 100 point players, honestly, three with Pavel Buchnevich for if he could stay healthy, how good of a player he is. All three of these guys are point per game players. You don't tear something down and rebuild it when you've got that talent. And let's also not overlook the secondary pieces you have. Offensively, you're able to sign one player or trade for one player next uh, this offseason and become a really good team once again. You've got to figure out your defense. Yep. And as much as people say this defense is awful, you got to fix it. You nearly beat Colorado last postseason with that same defense. Yeah. So they can be done. Now, your goaltender's got to stand on his head, but you know he can do that. You need more commitment from your forwards, which that's an area that needs to be addressed. But this team nearly beat Colorado and went to a uh, Western Conference final, where in my opinion, they could have beat Edmonton and gone to a Stanley Cup final again. So you've gotten it done. So the people that say blow it up and rebuild, I'm not ready to deal with eight years of what 2005 to 2009 was that was brutal i don't want to do that again that that was not fun so i'd rather see doug find a way to say this is a competitive team we need new energy in that locker room and new faces on the defensive side and we can compete next year yeah see that that sort of uh um sensibility is just something that you know blues fans well, could we, benefit from but we, none of us have that let's uh, be real yeah, you're here very, you're very true you're very <laughs> you very you correct on the that. same conversation with those blues fans because the text that you and i have back and forth during games is we're probably those people like just blow it up right just blow it up for five years i believe my last one of my last messages to alex was <laughs> what are we even watching right now <laughs> like and was, i think i sent you a picture of a dumpster that was on you, fire you did and you that's did probably what it was yeah, man well 
Alex, thank you so much for oh, filming Donnie, for please. Jamie today, man. We appreciate it. Had a great time. For Jeff Burton, uh, Jamie Rivers, and Alex Ferrario, it's the Last Minute Blues Podcast. As always, thanks for listening to Let's Go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear every episode at 101ESPN.com or 1057thepoint.com. Let's Go Blues.